As most of the world turns its attention towards the Olympic Games, Formula One fans look forward to Hungary for the 11th round of the 2021 Formula One season. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast, everybody. This is episode number 123, where I'll be previewing the 2021 Hungarian Grand Prix. I'm your host, George House, and I am joined today by F1 expert Alex Booth. Hello. Phil Matthew from the Grip Strip podcast. Hello. And the master of engineering himself, it's Jack Watson. Hello. So, lads, thank you for joining us today. Thank you as well to the five people. Yes, we've had five people give us five-star reviews on iTunes. And as such, I'm going to shout out all of their names. Van Boy for Life, Casey Footy, Lynn, Lovely Linzers, the Big, pa- the Big Panda Foot, and Taylor S, a mixture of British and Americans there. So thank you very much for all those reviews. And if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we will give you a shout-out in the next show. So thank you for all those people who left us a five-star review there. It really does help us out. And yeah, and also we do go out live on YouTube as well. So if you want to catch the show early, so just go to the uh, Formula One Grid Talk YouTube channel and uh, you'll be able to see the show early before it comes on Spotify or any other platform. So... Alex, let's start with the guy who is still leading the Formula One World Championship, despite his retirement at Silverstone. It was looking as though it was going to be a relatively easy ride for Max Verstappen. He was on form. He won four of the last five races, but that retirement has really put pressure on him. And we're going into a race where Lewis Hamilton has won here eight times in the past. So who do you see as going into the fa- this race as the favourites? I still see Max as the favourite, to be honest. Um, it's, it's still in the lead of the championship. It was a, a bit of a setback in Silverstone, well, more than a bit. But um, and in Hungary, obviously Hamilton's won there a lot. But Verstappen went well. He nearly won two years ago. He went well there last year. And I think with, with the Red Bull being a lot a lot quicker than than it than it was last year, I, th- I still think it, it, he's he's the favourite for it. And um, but unless, unless the, the championship contenders have another collision, I I, I would still go Max as the favourite for me. Yeah, I, I echo that. I think Verstappen is still a favourite, to be fair. In the last four races that he's finished, he's won. It's only the retirement in Azerbaijan and, and, and the UK, which has really stopped that run of his and Red Bulls. I mean, Phil, how, how, do you, how do you see this one going? I mean, like I said, Hamilton has won here eight times. He could break the all-time record for a win at any track or any Grand Prix with nine this weekend. But obviously... Verstappen, he probably does have the fastest car, and it's a, and it's a track that's very difficult to overtake around. Yeah, and the way that uh, Max has been qualifying here in recent races, it it speaks to Red Bull being able to have the upper hand. Granted, during the Friday qualifying session at Silverstone, Lewis was able to qualify on pole. Can he match that at a track he's won at eight times? He's done it in good bad and terrible cars he kind of has to in a sense but i also feel like with red bull and all their rage and all the anger and like helmet marco wanting to go and call vladdy and and get lewis hamilton knocked off and all this bs that that max will probably come off and be motivated i'm obviously last race before the summer break to go out get a good you know have a good saturday get your pole and run off and win the race and re-establish your points lead a little bit i mean it's possible mercedes bring additional what's it called you know like uh upgrades that could possibly give them a little more pace in the race or maybe 
even in in Saturday qualifying, but I just don't see that. I figure Max Verstappen is the clear favorite, even though Lewis is great at the Hungaro ring. Uh, it, it's really going to start with the 33 car and then go from there. Yeah, Mercedes were looking like second best before Silverstone, but those upgrades that they did bring there, I mean, they, they might not have brought the half a second like Toto Wolff was boasting about uh, in the press, but they do seem a lot closer. And obviously, Jack, they're a lot closer in the championship now, just eight points. It's just over the difference between first and second. You know, regardless of whether you think it was Hamilton's fault, whether it was Verstappen's fault, or it was a racing incident, that crash has really brought this championship so close again, and it's really good to see. It has, obviously, like you say, it's not the way we wanted to to see. Like I think you'd you'd probably take it in Hamilton to sort of have the reverse of fortune after the summer break and get the string of wins, but it's certainly it's got everybody fired up. Like it's been a long time since we've seen even like team principals at each other's necks, like as they have been, I've been through the media. It's not like they're going around to each other's garages for a dust up, but um, give it time, yeah. give it time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it, I mean, we, I think ever since like even the second round, Imola, where we had that little clash, you sort of saw, okay, like this is, you had a bit of a feeling of something different. And it's just gone, like I said, it's come to a head. We're at a point where you've got two of the best drivers in the world going into that corner, not wanting to back out, and neither was ever going to, because you may as well, you'd be dead and buried if you did. So both doing what they was going to do, I would expect quite a few lunges from Max if he finds a black car ahead of him. Some ones, we've already seen it before in pre- previous years, a couple of moves by Ricardo. Good, good old mm. uh, couple of lunges uh, into turn one. So expect a little target on the back of the Mercedes. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that actually. Turn one is it's the only real overtaking point in the track, and it really does invite drivers to launch it down the inside. So I think we could well see that during this weekend. I think you're spot on there, Jack. Now we were speaking before the show about Hungary being a you know potentially making unpredictable races, first time race winners, and I think the favourite if there is going to be someone to get a first time win it would be Lando Norris going into this one Alex I mean we can wax lyrical all we want about him he's the only guy to score points in every race he's usually at least fifth you know how do you see McLaren going into this one because this is a track that even when McLaren was struggling as a team it has made some good results for them yeah I expect it to be another strong weekend for McLaren and I think it would take probably again something of an incident to allow Lando Norris to potentially take a victory. I don't think they could do it on pure pace or, or, a, strate- or a major strategic error or something. But uh, a, a podium could be possible for him. He's, he's, had, a, he's had a couple already. And, uh, I was, but I, I think the first win for Norris as a driver and McLaren as a team for nearly 10 years, it's still not quite there on, on pace. I, I, do, I do honestly think it would take... Not, not necessarily Hamilton and Verstappen taking each other out again, or, t- or certainly one of them uh, retiring. But um, yeah, it, it's not, it's not quite there for him. I, I, I think, it, I think it's going to take something special. But we'd love to see. Of course, of course, it would be, it would be really good to see someone like Lando Norris win. But yeah, solid result, maybe a podium is probably what he's going to be aiming for. And I think that's also probably what uh, Valtteri Bottas will be aiming for as well, Phil, going into this one. A solid third place last time out in Silverstone. I think he'll be looking to get some more good points for Mercedes and as well just to maybe potentially hold Verstappen up if there's some alternate strategies going on. 
Yeah, it's some after the last race, it was first time in a little while that Botas was able to uh, do what he needed to do or do what he's expected to do in a sense, George. So the fact that you're going to Hungary, going into summer break, likely uh, the announcement will come here. It may not be this coming week, but it'll probably be coming here in the next few weeks. He'll be on the free agent market. And, you know, Toto Wolf is out there saying, oh, if uh, he isn't uh, a Mercedes driver, I'll help him get a ride, which basically is akin to him saying, oh, yeah, I'll put your back at Williams. But, you know, like it could be something else. Who knows? But really, Botas, I'm with the Constructors Championship back in a more reasonable like amount of points. They can go. He can make a play and he can defend against. Sergio Perez, he could possibly do something in qualifying, give them Mercedes an opportunity, as you said, with like alternative strategies. It's a brutal place to overtake. So, I mean, Votas, the one thing that Votas has been able to do generally this year well is the qualifying. His race pace and craft has not been great. That's kind of been a deal for a while. Uh, so if he can go out there, qualify well, kind of, and possibly get a start against, which that's also been a problem for him, get a start against a Max Verstappen, that could change the tide of the entire race. But we will see. I, I think the British Grand Prix weekend was very positive for uh, Valtteri and um, his prospects, you know, going forward, hopefully going into this race here at Hungary. Yep, definitely a better weekend uh, at Silverstone uh, for Valtteri Bottas. And it's a track where he goes well. I remember he beat Lewis Hamilton fair and square there in 2017. So it's not a bad circuit for him by any means. And it's a track that really rewards qualifying, which is usually what Bottas is better at. It's usually the races where he relatively struggles. Speaking of struggles, though, Sergio Perez, Jack, I mean, I, I love this guy, don't get me wrong, but it was a nightmare weekend for him in Silverstone, apart from getting the fastest lap, which he didn't even get a bonus point for because he was at the back of the grid. It was really nothing to write home about. But Hungary is going to be very hot for once. They're not predicting rain going to this one. They're predicting it to be at least 30 degrees. It's going to be a track where tyre conservation is going to come into it. And like Bottas with Verstappen, Mercedes, uh, sorry, Red Bull might be expecting uh, Perez to hold up Hamilton and Bottas during the race as well. So how do you see his work weekend going? It's an interesting one because Perez, to me, is kind of always in the opposite of Valtteri, as Phil said. Uh, strong qualifier, but poor racecraft. Poor. But Perez does seem to benefit more on the Sunday. But as we've already said, as you all well know, Hungary, as you said, can't really pass there, apart from maybe two or three places. But if he can get then get vaulted up the order by with that tire conservation, I think that's more what they'll be focusing on, playing a long game, only a single stop, trying to sort of get him to just stay, uh, game track position by staying out on track, pushing or perhaps waiting for an opportunity safety car. Runoff's not massive there, so it's, if, the car does, if a car does stop on track, we're more likely to see that sort of thing. So it'll be a much more strategic sort of race rather than what he would have had at Silverstone, which was just sort of flat out, like trying to get cars left, right, centre, unfortunately he couldn't do. So, um, yeah, expect a more strategic sort of run for Perez, a, a more reserved but sort of thought-out drive. 
Yeah, Sergio Perez and Valtteri Bottas have always said it. They are key to the constructors' battle, and it's just four points Red Bull's advantage over Mercedes. That has been almost wiped out overnight at Silverstone. So it's all to play for there. It's all to play for in the Drivers' Championship. And if you forgive the pun, Alex, Ferrari coming to this is a bit of a dark horse, really, because they... Obviously, Leclerc had an incredible run. He nearly won the race at Silverstone. He finished second in the end. He was absolutely on fire. And they have two pole positions this season as well. So if they hook it up in qualifying, if they get up there at the front of the grid, they could really cause a surprise here. They really could. I mean, he, he was my driver of the day at Silverstone, and he probably was for a lot of people. It was an outstanding race for him. Mm. Um, and as, and as, you, as you mentioned, uh, it's a couple of pole positions, although I know one of them he didn't, he didn't actually get to start on. But... Um, if, if, they got, if they did really well in qualifying and even potentially got a pole position, they could be in with a shout because in Silverstone, nobody was really predicting that he'd be able to um, hold the lead for so long because of the, of the, of the tyres and, and, and the pace of the stage. Obviously, Hamilton's penalty helped. But uh, uh, I think if, if they can carry on that momentum into Hungary and a strong qualifying, I mean, they, they could be a contender for, for the race. Uh, although, and overtaking, uh, as both Phil and Jack have mentioned, is, is quite difficult in Hungary. But... There is a DRS zone, obviously, down the main straight, and that first corner, you know, you can make a move, uh, but it's also quite easy to defend. So defensive driving will, will come into the equation if, if, that's, if, if need be. But I wouldn't rule it out. I, th- I think it's a, it's a possibility. It's, it's not likely. I wouldn't, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't put money on it, but uh, it could happen. Yeah, it could definitely happen. Ferrari, you know, when we've said it about how, how important qualifying is here, Ferrari should suit this track a bit more because it's less reliant on engine power, which is the weakest aspect of their car. Although, like I said, after Silverstone, they didn't look bad down the straights at all, really. So, yeah, Ferrari coming into this one on good form. We'll go to uh, Daniel Ricciardo next, though, Phil. Again, another guy who had a better weekend at Silverstone. He was just one place behind Lando Norris. And, you know, if you, and this is a track, again, which really suits him. He won He won here in 2014. He's got, he's got a good record here, to say the least. So how do you see him getting on? Do you think he'll be able to potentially even beat Norris for a change this weekend. It's a possibility, I George. I think when it comes to Danny Rick, he's uh he's always a hot he's a hot or cold guy. He's somebody that he's a momentum guy. And I think the British Grand Prix weekend was a positive for him in that he had a clean, generally straightforward weekend the whole way. If you're able to go and have a similar weekend at a track where he knows he's done very well at before, both for Red Bull and for Renault. I think this McLaren car is well suited to the circuit. You could put all those things together, and and who knows, maybe he can get a podium out of it, be a sneaky podium pick. Who knows, maybe he actually puts qualifying together, and he could really put a put a thing, whatever spanner in the works, whatever you know, kind of deal. You know, like it would be cool to see. Lando has definitely been a clutch driver all year, only driver so far to score in every race. Um, And so it's up to Danny Rick, you know, especially when you're talking about Ferrari and their prospects in regards to third in the Constructors Championship. Daniel Ricciardo has to go and, and, and do his part to make sure McLaren can continue there and keep that position and I, I feel like that's a he'll be able to do that whether he be I don't know if he will beat Lando. I think just Lando is just that step better, not only in, in qualifying pace, but in race. And uh, you know, that's all it really is. And the fact of the matter is I think it's a long term partnership and 
it may not be about this year. And, and in a lot of ways, you could say it hasn't been about this year for for Daniel. But I think he's building towards greater confidence in the possibility of a championship chase uh, going into 2022. But I think he'll have a good weekend here at Hungary. Yeah, absolutely. I think Ricardo should do well. He needs momentum. And if he gets a good result at Hungary, then he'll be going into the summer break on a very big high. If he doesn't, it's it's going to be difficult for him. He's going to have to really work at it. Um, we know how good he is. He's a, he's a race winner. He's, in some people's eyes, a future world champion, still even at over 30 years of age. It's possible for him if he gets the car one day. And it's a good point as well about Lando Norris. I, I just I forgot that he almost got pole position in Imola. You, know, you never know. He could do something very impressive in qualifying here at Hungary, as long as he keeps it on the track. That's the key. That's what cost him at Imola. But that's Formula 1 for you. Very fine margins. Fine margins, too, in the Constructors' Championship between uh, McLaren and Ferrari. Just 15 points between them. But it's even tighter behind that. It's just eight. Po- sorry, just nine points between Alpha Tauri and fifth. Alpine in seventh, just a single point between Alpha Tauri and Aston Martin. So, Jack, Alpha Tauri are going to need their men to do well this weekend, and it should be it should be a good track for them. Alpha Tauri, Toro so they have done very well at Hungary in the past on occasions, and in particular, Pierre Gasly. He always seems to score points. He was very unlucky in Silverstone with his puncture. He's always there or thereabouts. So, how do you see that team getting on this weekend? Well, looking at some of the past high downfall circuits from the season, Gasly's shot, Spain and um, Imola in particular. A little bit let down by a bit of a nothing sort of uh, attempt last time out at Silverstone. It was a bit sort of anonymous, wasn't it, for him? But I reckon they'll, they'll know where their strengths lie, so this will be a good chance for him to get sort of middle of the top 10-ish, but low to, low to middle anyway. Again, again, like his teammate Sonoda, it's kind of a common thing of just needing to settle down, like call that head. I mean, we saw in practice when the pressure was off, he was a bullet around Bahrain. That, that sort of pace wouldn't have gone overnight. It shouldn't have gone overnight anyway. So yeah, uh, I would, I would, I would, I would hedge their bets for them. Like it, it should be a, it should be a good opportunity for a, a reasonable haul of points and try and extend that gap over the uh, their more experienced rivals in green. Yeah, it, w- it would seem as though Pierre Gasly should get points, should get some lower-end points, like you say. Sonoda's a bit of an unknown quantity. He did get a point out in Silverstone last time, but that was because of Gasly's puncturing and dropping out, dropping, dropping down towards the end. I think for Sonoda, it's, it's just a lack of experience. He had so much running at Bahrain just the testing there. He knew the track like the back of his hand, and he was bloody quick. He really was, but... He just, like you said, he just needs to settle down, needs to get into his groove. And I think he has been better recently. So he, he could be, he should be at least challenging for points this weekend. But yeah, so you mentioned Aston Martin there. Like I said, just a point separate them and AlphaTauri for fifth place in the Constructors' Championship. Hungary is a great track for Sebastian Bell. I think it was one of the few where he did better than Charles Leclerc at last year. And Lance Stroll, he could spring a surprise as well. So how do you see Aston Martin getting on this weekend, Alex? They need some points, but it's hard to see them getting too many. Yeah, they do need some points going into the summer break. And uh, they had a a disappointing weekend in, in Silverstone with Vettel retiring. But I'm 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 not confident that they're going to uh, really do particularly well in, in Hungary. I think I think they might struggle. And although saying that, a high down a high downforce circuit. I mean, Vettel did really well at Monaco, and and Stroll is uh, is is a, is a steady driver. He's he's capable of of scoring points. 
But um, I, I expect them to be on the back foot in Hungary, I think. I, I don't really see them scoring double-digit points, shall we say. Yeah, I think it's a stretch to see them doing too well. But you never know. It's hard to overtake Vettel and Stroll. They've made a habit of doing the long first stint on the hard tyres if they don't end up in the top 10. If they do that and they do uh, get a safety car that's well-timed, they could be in for a top five, potentially. They've done it before, so it's, it's definitely possible. Another guy that really suits this track is Fernando Alonso, Phil. And I, I think he had his best performance since his comeback last time out in Silverstone. He did absolutely everything he could to keep the guys behind him. And yeah, like I said, it's a good track for him. He's got his first win here in 2003, nearly 20 years ago now, which makes me feel a bit old myself. And it's a track where it's very difficult to overtake. So if he employs them tactics again, if he makes a good start, he, he could get some very solid points for Alpine and they need them. Yeah, they definitely do, George. But I think that Fred has been on this upward trajectory for the last few months, really. Mm. And he has taken over control of the team, which isn't shocking. And Alpine is in a direction that they're obviously looking at 22 he said it but there's things that you see not only you see the fernando alonso you see signs of it and especially the his work at baku in the last in the green white checkered restart his qualifying pace he got screwed at austria he should have been in the top 10 he goes and races his way into the top 10 during this sprint at silverstone and then holds in the race itself he is making he's getting back into the groove he's starting to get the momentum that he needs as he goes towards the second half of the season it's probably he's one of the people that's probably not happy that you know the summer break is coming up because he's starting to get into a groove here they have a chance at points here um, somewhere around seventh like they did seventh eighth there's a possibility for the alpine team to get a double points finish um, and when you consider how close that their battle is in the constructors, uh, it, every point will count and it doesn't matter. So for Fernando Alonso, it's more about qualifying. If he can put the lap together, get himself in a Q3, you know, kind of figure out some things from there. Even if he doesn't get in a Q3 from 11th, he's one of the best starters there is, period. And he can make a couple places and kind of... Um, mess around there. Ocon woke up from his hibernation at the British Grand Prix and actually showed that he was a Formula One driver. So if he continues on that path, then it's good overall for the overall um, good of the team. But I think everything starts and ends with um, Alonso there if they're going to have points in regards to the battle with Alfa Tori and Aston Martin. Yeah, Alonso is carrying that team, really. Uh, 26 points for Alonso, 14 for Espinoc, and almost double for Alonso. And Alonso scored in the last five races in a row as well. He has been in incredible form. And again, that track should suit, Hungary should suit that car a lot more than what most do because of the engine deficit. It's not going to be as pronounced there. And in Alonso's favour as well, turn one, it's open to overtake. It's quite a long run to the first turn as well. So, Alonso will not take any prisoners going into those first few corners. So I think he should make up a decent amount of spots. So now we get on to the three back market teams, starting with Alfa Romeo, Jack. I remember Hungary being incredibly bad for them last year. I, I, I'm sure they were on the back row. I think they were 19th and 20th, even the Williams cars beat them. 
it, it's difficult to see them really doing much here unless the employer said Vettel tactic of just running super long on the on the first stint and trying to hold their positions. But it, it's not looking great for them at the moment. No, not really. I think it will sort of be the two of them against one of the Williams. I think the other one will shoot off, but we'll get to them. Yeah, I, I don't know if they'll be getting points if they're on, what, two at the minute in the championship. I don't yeah. think they'll be adding to their tally this time around because I think, as we've sort of uh, suggested, this um, sort of lower midfield is mental. They are so close. I think they'll just wind up locking out Alfa Romeo. Not even if they're on a good weekend, they just won't have the pace of of those ahead. I can't. I certainly can't see that happening anyway. Of the drivers, uh, not too sure if it's going to... I mean, Raikkonen, he's still got that sort of that start um, reaction in him. That's a bit like how we saw with uh, Alonso in the Silverstone sprint. It, he, he knows his racecraft and given how compact the track is, it does sort of invite a little bit of argy-bargy and a little bit of um, sort of feeling it out for the gaps. So before the DRS comes in, there's a chance to at least make up the odd position here or there at the start. But over the race, I don't know that if they'll be able to hang on to it. Yeah, I think it's a big ask for him to get points. I mean, the two points this season have come at Monaco where overtaking is near enough impossible. I don't think anybody did any on-track overtakes. And uh, Baku as well, um, where we had that crazy, crazy finish to the race and Kimi Raikkonen stuck in for a single point. So it's difficult to see him really doing much. I do think there's more potential for Williams though, Alex, in particular because of their qualifying record, because of how hard it is to overtake. George Russell always getting into Q2 and he's got into Q, well, he got into Q3 last time out in, Sil- in Silverstone. I think he was eighth, wasn't he? he? qualified, which is just incredible. So if he can do that again, my bold, my usual bold prediction, could it come true this weekend? Is it going to happen, Alex? It's, you know, the, the one thing I found uh, <laughs> incredible was the fact that, and, 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 and it wasn't surprising, to be honest, is that George Russell actually managed to finish in the top 10 in the sprint race. Yeah. It's like the, the first time he managed to do that in the Williams and it happened to be in the sprint <laughs> race, which I, I, kind of, I kind of knew that was going to happen, really. I, th- I think a Q3 is possible again, though, at Hungary, with it with a, been a tight circuit. And it's quite a short circuit as well, so uh, lap times tend to be quite close together, which makes it quite the gap between the bottom of the, the bottom reaches of like the top ten towards uh, the midfield, 16th, 17th, could be as little as a couple of tenths. So um, there is the possibility to sneak into Q3. <laughs> the dreaded question of whether a Willi- he can score his first points finish in a Williams keeps going on, uh, and I. It's almost like a curse for him, really, because uh, there's been a couple of times where he's, he's looked like he's going to do it and it's not happened. It nearly happened at Austria as well before Fernando Alonso got in, didn't, didn't it? It's one of the circuits where it could happen. Whether it will happen is a different matter. We will see. Yeah, it's possible. It's always possible. You can't predict Formula One. But... I, was, I was a bit ignorant on Nicholas Latifi there. I didn't really talk about him. Um, I, but, uh, <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, uh, he he's not uh, uh, got the same pace as George Russell, which is I, w- I won't hold that against him because George Russell is seen as seen as this mega talent. I don't think I don't think Nicholas Latifi will be right at the back, and uh, so that's possibly the best compliment I can back and pay him. <laughs> He could go in skew too. I, I won't really out. I, th- I think Latifi is um, bashed on a bit harshly by some people, to be honest. I don't think he's that bad. I think he's just made to look that bad no, by the think, car in Russell. Bad, I don't think he's a bad driver at all. It's just like you say, he's got George Russell as a teammate, so it's it's going to be tough. 
It will be. It will be. But if Williams are smart about it, if they utilise Latifi, if they run him long and get him to hold people up behind, it could really play into the hands. But I'm, I'm probably going a bit into fantasy realms at that point. Yeah. Have to, I don't know whether that'll happen, but we'll see. But yeah, I, th- I think even in our wildest predictions, Phil, I don't think we could predict a top 10 finish for Haas. So have at it. I, I can't really... I can't really even see anything happening for them. Even if Mick Schumacher drives the, the race of his life, like I always say, it, it's at most he's going to get like 15th if a few guys retire. I mean, he got to drive his dad's uh, first Formula One car. Uh, the transmission worked, so that was positive. Um, <laughs> unlike for what happened to his father uh, at Spa in 1991. But that car is probably faster than his actual car that he drives right now. Um, and looks better too. You know, for Mick, he's just going to be driving around. His goal is to only be one lap down in this race, not to, you know, not be in the way or hold up anybody in qualifying when it comes to his um, super amazing uh, teammate, uh, Egghead. um, His goal is to not be three laps down at the end of the race on Sunday and or piss anybody off because he ignores blue flags, which is possible uh, that he will. And, uh, you know, and if he doesn't wreck, it'll be a bonus. I think his his goals these days are to not finish two laps down and a minute less than a minute or more than a minute behind his teammate, which, I mean, it's it's egghead. I mean, he's probably going to anyway, so who cares? As long as he doesn't bin the car. I've, I've heard that people like him on his team, and I'm like, well, sure, they should like him because his dad owns half the team. They're all employed because in part because he pays the checks. Of course they should like Egghead if he isn't wrecking the car every single race or, or, or doing stupid stuff, and he's not assaulting them the way he assaults other drivers. But going to be a pretty sad weekend for them probably. Um, they're going to need an apocalypse to happen for them to even get anywhere near the points, and they still probably wouldn't get the points. I think there's a better chance of Roberto Moreno coming back from retirement in whatever one of the 84 different cars he drove in Formula One and scoring a point before one of the two Haas cars do. I think you're right there. I mean, it, it took a miracle for him to, to get points um, there last year. Uh, Magnussen, what was it, pitting onto the dries or something like that, or, or the Inters, I can't remember where it was around, but yeah, starting on the different tyres, ended up getting a penalty, but ended up getting a top 10 finish anyway. So yeah, it, it took enough of a miracle, of a masterstroke of strategy for than to do that anyway last year and this year the car is infinitely worse so it's a it'd be it take a miracle it take or, or 10 cars not finishing that's the that's the only way you can see it happening but yeah so those are the teams and the drivers we've gone through them all um, and now we're going to try and predict who's going to finish on the podium our top three predictions i'm going to say so tough it's obviously it's the usual top two i'm going for but which order is it going to be in I'm going to say I'm going to say Hamilton to win. I'm saying I think he'll win his ninth Hungarian Grand Prix, but it's going to be close. It's going to be it's going to be a tight battle between him and Verstappen. So Hamilton first, uh, Verstappen second, and third. I'm, I'm going to go for Lando Norris. I'm going to go for Lando Norris. I think Norris will finish third. I think he'll be make it three constructors on the podium. Alex, what's your top three predictions? I'm going Verstappen first, Hamilton second. And for third, I think I'm going to go Leclerc. Definitely possible. Definitely possible. Phil? 
I'll go uh, Max. I mean, I would like Lewis Hamilton, of course, but I'm going to go Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, and Daniel Ricciardo as my uh, pick for third uh, this coming weekend. The Ham Rick. So, Jack, what's your top three? I think Verstappen will win it, followed by Hamilton, close as you say, and I think Perez will probably get third. Oh, so we've gone for the same. Everybody's gone for the same top two, but in different orders. But it's that third podium spot. It really is wide open. It's between like six different drivers, really. When you think about it, it's really possible. Right. So, ball prediction time. Do I go for it? Apparently, I am. I am the sole person that's responsible for George Russell never scoring a point for a Williams. I've heard that multiple times now. So I'm not going to go for that. Although I do if, think it could happen. If he scores points now, you know that it's your fault the entire, Literally, entire past two seasons. It's, it's not Williams. It's not it's not Fernando Alonso. It, it's not you know, it's not himself. It's me. I have caused that. It's solely my fault. Um <laughs> I am gonna go for I'm gonna say Fernando Alonso to get a top five finish and get the fastest lap of the race. That, I'd say that's pretty bold. So Alex, what's yours? I was initially thinking of a, of a Fernando Alonso bull prediction as well, but uh, I'm going to try and think of something else. Uh, probably go with uh, Alfa Romeo to get on the on the end of the points, a bit like Giovinazzi did in Monaco. Definitely possible. It's definitely possible. The strategies that you can run Hungary, you can hold people up. It could happen. Phil? Uh, wow. Uh, how, do, how do I do the Alonzo? Can I just go and be the, the token George Russell scores a point um, so then I get all kinds of praise if, if it actually happens? Um, you have to predict it every weekend then. Well, that's fine. I'll do that for the rest of the season. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take over George's spot and I'll, I'll say that Georgie boy finally gets his first point for Williams as he gets closer to actually driving for a regular, a proper team soon enough. Baton has been passed. It's your burden now, Phil. Hopefully it's not a poison chalice. <laughs> it isn't a burden to me, so it's all good. I want to see it happen. So it's all good. <laughs> I want to see it happen too. I want to see him get top 10. So that's, that's why I'm very, very, um, you know, I'm being, I'm concerned about myself always predicting it never happening. Jack, what's your bold prediction? Uh, I mean, this would probably blow my podium prediction out of the water. He's edging his bets. But uh, I'm going to go for a both Alpha Tauris within the top five. I mean, they could get fourth and fifth. They could, but come on, let's be... Let's inject a touch of realism into it. There's a lot... <laughs> <laughs> I can't see that actually happening. But um, yeah, I reckon if you want a bold prediction from me, expect Alpha Tauri to just all of a sudden vault their way through the top ten into uh, <laughs> at least both of them. Both of them scoring uh, within the top five. I think one of them could. Oh yeah, yeah no, I, I think if you're being realistic, Gasly's on going to be on fire. But I reckon if 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 you say you got, <laughs> oh sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> if you say uh, what, Jack? Oh, <laughs> if you say, um, hey now, out of nowhere. It's if you say um, like Gasly got third and Sonoda in fifth or something. Like stranger things have happened, I suppose. True. We have. I mean, 2015. That was a that was an effing manic race as well. So yeah, <laughs> you never. It could happen. I think I've, did Toros get double? No, Max, I think Max I think Stappen, Stappen finished fourth. 
I, I he, d- he did, yeah. I think he had a wing change, but he still finished way up there. So yeah. that was a that was a nuts race. If, if anybody's not seen that race, go back and watch 2015 Hungarian Grand Prix. That's one of the best races I've ever seen. That was insane. But yeah, those are our bold predictions. I will allow you guys to plug as well. So Phil, I've mentioned that you're part of the uh, Grip Strip podcast. So what is that and where can people find it? Yeah, the Grip Strip podcast is a motorsport podcast. George has been on it. Uh, Tom from the uh, Monkey Seat has been on it as well. Uh, We go over all different types of motorsports, not only in North America, but in the world. Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR etc. Two and four wheels. Basically, as long as it goes fast, we generally are able to talk about it on the GSP. We also talk about the NIFL, so American football. We also got other sports in there here and there, depending whether I'm falling asleep or not, which is part of the problem being the EP and all the other issues that I seem to bring upon myself with having to run a podcast. But Uh, You can find us on uh, Podbean. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Pandora. What's it called? TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. So please uh, tune in. Give us download. Give us likes. We do our best, or I do my best to rep the Grid Talk whenever whenever we're on, um, and even in general, because we do a good job here. And thanks to you, George, for having me on again. Oh, you're always welcome, Phil. And yeah, do check that show out. Like Phil said, I've been on a few times. It's always a lot of fun. And they cover a lot of things outside of Formula One as well. Alex, I've mentioned that you are the F1 expert or AF1 expert. So and I've, I hear that you do a few classic race reports on your website. Yes, I do. Uh, I think it, I'm pretty sure you know the website very well because it's, it's yours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. Don't, don't tell him. <laughs> Well, it was your it was your it was your idea anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there'll be a classic Hungarian Grand Prix article coming up if anyone's remotely interested in reading my stuff. <laughs> they are Alex. A lot of people read it. Don't you worry about that. And a lot of people read your uh, technical. Um, well, what I've I've generally forgot what they call oh, the spotlight on a legend. I think they're called, aren't they, Jack? The articles that you do. Yeah. So uh, another writer for George's Spotlight website. Um, I tend to lean into more the historical and uh, sort of technical sort of thing. So currently working on a still, I apologize, um, like an aero, I guess the big aero changes through F1 in its past like 50 years, 70 years actually. Yeah, probably my big one so far was Spotlight on a Legend, the DFE engine. You can't talk about F1 without bringing up the, that DFE, the DFE after powering 30 years worth of motorsport, let's be honest. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you want to find my stuff it's all on there spotlight um yeah spotlight yeah spotlight on the legends on spotlightpro.com and as well jack has covered regulation changes for uh well the imsa the wec and formula one as well that have cut co- that have either happened or are coming up so if you want to get a lowdown on what's coming this coming its way in formula one as well do check them out because i generally learn something uh going through those as well because you can't get it all from a wikipedia page you need a proper in-depth article for some of these things but yeah like i said earlier on in the show if you leave us a five-star review on apple music 
or iTunes, you can uh, you can get a shout out at the start of the show and we'll be sure to do so. Yeah, and we go out live on YouTube as well. So comment below and we will answer your questions after the show and, re- and react to your comments as well. We've got over 100 subscribers on the YouTube channel now. We're heading towards 150, We're nearly there. Just search for F1 Grid Talk on YouTube and subscribe to our channel. We're the first thing that comes up now, which shows how much of an impact we're making. We're also available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Verbal, Omni Studio, Pocket Cast, and the F1 Chronicle websites. Just search for the Formula One Grid Talk podcast on all of those. And check out our back catalogue as well. It's all online. You can all you can access it all. Uh, it's not just previews and race reviews and qualifying reports, but it's also more documentary-style ones as well, including Ayrton Senna, Tyre Gay. We did an interview with Mario Sola from Pirelli and a hell of a lot more. And yeah, thank you for joining us, lads. I really do appreciate it as always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back on Saturday to analyze qualifying for the Hungarian Grand Prix. We'll see you for that one. Goodbye. <laughs>